If you're interested in partnering with Magical Storybook English Nanny Bedtime Stories or wanting to know more about sponsorship opportunities, then visit our website www.magical-storybook.com. You can also download free read-along books to accompany our fairy tales. Our Magical Storybook podcast, Mere and the Curse of Camelot, is now an exciting new novel, available to download on Amazon or buy as a printed book. Follow the link in the podcast details. Welcome to Magical Storybook, a collection of children's stories from around the world. Mere and the Curse of Camelot Chapter 4 Odd Job In the forest you'll find a warm gentle breeze that whistles and dances through the magical trees. The darkness of the tunnel eventually gave way to daylight and with relief Mia scrambled out. She stood up brushing the dirt from her clothes and looked around. She was shocked to find that she was no longer in front of the castle where she had gone in, but instead in a dark woods. She paused, wondering whether she'd made a mistake and accidentally come down a second tunnel in the darkness. But she knew really that this was the same one. It had mysteriously changed direction and brought her out into the haunted-looking woods. She frantically looked around for Stickney Piggott, but there were too many oak trees and she couldn't find him anywhere. She wasn't even sure that this was the same part of the forest that she had left him in. Mia started to panic that she would never find him again and that she would be stuck in medieval Camelot forever. A warm breeze tingled her face and brought her out of her thoughts. She tilted her head and looked upwards towards the sky. The brilliant sunbeams filled her eyes, brightening her spirits no end. One of the long golden shards of light was piercing through the canopy of the trees, and so she stood under it and dried off her damp clothes. Then a movement next to her caught her eye the gloomy cloud had followed her out of the great hall and was still hovering above the damp letter that she had in her hand. The fluffy mass was no longer raining. It was now a paler grey and a little glimmer of sunshine was poking through the top of it. Mia smiled. She laid Samorian's letter on the ground to dry and the cloud sat with it like a faithful companion. It seemed a little sad. Don't worry, she said. I'll help you find Samorian. The cloud began to look more hopeful and darted back and forth excitedly. As soon as she and the letter were dry, Mia picked a random direction and then set off through the forest to find help. It was a difficult trek. There was no cleared path for her to follow and she was forced to push through sharp brambles and climb over fallen trees. Eventually she came across a clearing that sloped down towards a river and so she stopped to bathe her scratched arms and to fill her water bottle. She watched as the fast-flowing water carried fallen leaves downstream and deposited them on the riverbank in front of her. 
a jagged red one caught her eye. The light was bouncing off it and it was glistening. She reached over and fished it out of the water. It looked as though someone had painted it with red glittery paint. The thought that there could have been other children nearby filled Mia with hope. Screwing the top back on her water bottle, she started to run upstream. Come on, she shouted, looking back at the cloud, which was playing happily in the river and soaking up the spray of the water. We've got to go. It flew over to join Mia, and as they walked, she would occasionally glance back over her shoulder and smile at the sight of the cloud becoming whiter and fluffier as it bobbed along. After about half an hour, she noticed that the cloud was starting to look pink. In fact, the entire light in the forest was changing. It was becoming redder. When she looked up, she saw that the leaves on the trees were no longer vibrant oranges and yellows. They were now glittery golds and reds, just like the leaf that she'd found in the river. They didn't look natural at all. Suddenly, something dropped from the sky and landed by her feet with a splut. She looked down and saw a large blob of red sparkling paint. Immediately, a second blob joined it. Above her, stretching up into the canopy of the tree, was a strange-looking man on a ladder. He was wearing a dark red tunic that was short enough to reveal his knobbly knees and two scrawny legs. He had on a pair of long brown socks, one of them had rolled down around his ankle, and on his feet were two pointed cloth shoes. He had red glittery paint pouring down his arm and dripping from his elbow. Is he painting the leaves? She whispered to the cloud. The cloud floated up to the top of the tree and then floated back down again. It nodded. That is so weird, she said. Is he crazy? Another splodge of paint fell from above and Mia quickly stepped back to dodge it. Careful, she shouted up. This made the man jump and as he did so, he bashed his head on one of the branches, letting out a cry of pain. Despite this mishap, the man was actually pleased to hear another human voice. Oh, good day, he shouted down, rubbing his head. What a pleasant surprise. I don't get to see many people anymore, he said, climbing down the ladder. Everyone that I know has been turned to st He suddenly paused halfway down, staring at Mia's clothes. Goodness, who might you be? He asked with a puzzled look on his face. Hello, um, I'm Mia, she replied, wondering how to try and explain to a medieval person that she had travelled through time. The man then noticed the letter in Mia's hand and the cloud that was floating above it. He shuddered. How did you find that? D did the witch send you? I found it in a room of statues. It belongs to Samorian, one of King Arthur's knights. Do you know him? Morian? The man's face brightened at the mention of the knight's name. Yes, I know him well, he said, tossing his paintbrush into a pot that was dangling from a branch and jumping the last few rungs to the ground. But you won't find him around here. He fled during the Battle of the Interworlds. He looked behind him to check that no one was listening and then lowered his voice. 
After the witch defeated the knights and started turning her enemies into statues, Morian ran away and never came back. And who are you? asked Mia nervously. The man bowed. Oh, excuse me, miss. My name's Job, but most people call me Odd Job because there's nothing I can't turn my hand to. At least, I think that's why they call me that, he added thoughtfully. Mia giggled. Then Odd Job stood up straight and looked very proud. I'm the castle caretaker. Well, I was, before the battle, he said sadly, wiping the paint from his fingers with a cloth. The castle used to be so beautiful inside, he said. The walls were painted golds and reds, and the windows were draped with silk fabrics. The furniture was made from the finest wood and decorated with blue and gold cloth. I used to see to all of that, he said proudly. And there wasn't a day went by when the great hall wasn't filled with people and laughter. But when the witch came, I was forced to abandon my duties and wait on her like a slave. Can you tell me about the Battle of the Interworlds? asked Mia. Odd Job sat down on a tree stump and beckoned her to come closer. The tale goes that 200 years ago, Morgana travelled to another realm, to a place called the Wastelands, and tried to take the throne from the Queen. But the Queen was more powerful than Morgana, and she defeated her, banishing her to a world that lies beyond the Great Lake. And there she lived, under an enchantment that meant that she could no longer see anything in the outside world. He shuffled uncomfortably as he spoke, but then suddenly, remembering his manners, he grabbed his cloak and laid it on the ground in front of him, gesturing for Mia to sit down. Then he continued. Three years ago, the wizard Merlin was travelling across the Great Lake and he discovered Morgana's home. She bewitched him and he fell in love with her. Merlin broke the enchantment and they sailed back to Camelot on a great black ship. The witch was introduced to everyone at court, including King Arthur himself, but no one knew her or suspected that she was biding her time, planning to take the throne for herself. But over time, Morgana realised that Merlin's magic was more powerful than hers and that he could possibly stop her. So she betrayed him and turned him to stone. With Merlin out of the way, there was no match for her magic and she waged war against King Arthur and the whole of Camelot. I watched everyone that I knew, everyone in my world, knights, dragons and good witches and wizards, defeated and turned to stone. Odd Job lowered his head. Mia could see the sadness wash over him. A splash of cold water hit her neck and made her jump. She looked over and saw that her cloud companion had started to rain again. She stood up and placed the letter under another tree so that the cloud would move away from her. So how did you end up out in the woods? 
she asked. Well, some months ago, she caught me in the tiled hall under the castle, where she keeps the people that she's turned into statues. Mia nodded, where I found Samorian's letter. Yes, he said, the whole of the royal household is down there. Morgana had forbidden me to go down there, but I used to go down anyway. I miss them, you see. I know that they can hear me, beneath the spell. I wanted to let them know that I was still there for them, but Morgana caught me and threw me out of the castle. She didn't curse me, so she must have been in a good mood that day, but I have lived out here in the forest ever since. Mia could see that the memories haunted Odd Job. She reached out and put her hand on his arm, and he looked back at her. You see, he said slowly, if I can't keep the inside of the castle looking beautiful anymore, then I'll have to keep the outside looking smart for them instead. Otherwise, what else will I do with my time? They shared a silent moment where they both realised the madness of what he was doing. Anyway, he said, brushing himself down and forcing himself to sound more cheerful. I can't sit around here talking all day. Oddjob got to his feet and began to climb up the ladder. When he was halfway up, he turned to wave goodbye to Mia and then suddenly stopped and pointed into the trees behind her. Look, he shouted. Watch out! Thank mm-hmm. you.